Welcome to our September 5th worship service from North Coast United Methodist Church. An imbalance between rich and poor is the oldest and most fatal ailment of all republics. Precious God, as we look at the gifts in our lives and as we pray through ways that we can share what you have gifted to us, Please sit on our hearts today, God. Open our ears. Open our hearts. That we can see the riches that you have given us. So that we can pass those rich blessings on to others. Amen. Let's join together for our call to worship. God is here. Calling to all. God is here welcoming all. With the same generous spirit of love. We welcome one another. We rejoice and praise, proclaiming that all are welcome here. Amen. you 
Let's have the kids come forward for children's time. One of my favorite games to play when I was a younger kid was Simon Says. And Simon Says is this game where there's one leader and leader says, Simon Says, touch your nose. Simon Says, pull your ear. And Simon Says, mess up your hair, fix your glasses. Well, if I was playing Simon Says right now, I would have messed up because I fixed my glasses. There's something very special about that game, and playing Simon Says really isn't that cool when you're the leader. Sometimes it's cool to try to figure things out and to try to learn how to follow as a follower because you don't want to get caught and you want to win the game. One of the, the basic elements of, of winning a game of Simon Says is trying to learn how to follow properly. I want us to think about that because today in the scripture I'm going to use for this video in James chapter 2, there is this conversation that takes place that challenges people that it's not always important to be the leader. Sometimes the most important thing is to learn how to be the follower so that we are not accidentally hurting other people, and more importantly, we learn how to look for other people and to care for other people. See, and Simon says, here's the trick. When you're the leader, you're trying to trick somebody. You're trying to get them to mess up. You're trying to do things so quickly that the people don't know what to do next, and then they accidentally grab their glasses when they weren't supposed to. The leader is trying to make things so confusing and to make things so messed up that you mess up while that you're playing the game. But if you learn to listen, if you learn to keep your ears open, if you learn to observe what the leader's actually showing us to do, then we learn a way to win the game by truly listening and truly following and then we don't miss little things that come along the way. Sometimes when we miss the little things that come along the way, we miss somebody that we could become new friends with. Sometimes when we miss things along the way, we miss someone who could really use a hug at the right moment. And just the way in Simon says that you have to be really observant, and you have to really listen, and you have to really pay attention, the more that we learn to do that in our normal lives, we begin to become better friends and we begin to make new friends. And sometimes we reach out and help someone and it doesn't just help that person. It makes us feel better too. I want us to think about that. I want us to think about what it really means to follow, to keep our eyes and ears open and being aware of all the needs that are all around us so that we can follow properly and care for other people and make them just feel loved and special. Precious God, thank you for paying attention to us. Thank you for showing us how to care for others and help us follow you so that we can touch friends and not miss friends who need to be reminded they are special. Amen. Let's join together in prayer, liberating God you call us to love and care without partiality and to welcome the least and the last in our world 
as extravagantly as we welcome our friends. Inspire us with your love and grace to worship with open hearts, to welcome and include all, and to respond with your generous love in both word and deed. Amen. Let's join together in the prayer that Jesus Christ taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
precious Lord, reveal your heart to me. You are holy, holy, Lord of heaven and earth, Lord of heaven and earth. No wonders beyond our galaxy. You are holy, holy. Let's join together for our words of assurance. Our help is in the one who made heaven and earth the one who welcomes us with extravagant love and redeems us with abundant grace. Amen. Let's join together in prayer. Precious and loving God, we thank you for your spirit that guides us, that moves us, that touches our lives. Precious God, today as we look at the scripture from the book of James, help us to see the priorities that you want us to set in our lives. Thank you, God, for the examples of those who have lived before us that we use to look at the path that you want us to follow. As we seek others before ourselves, as we love our neighbors, as we love ourselves, help us see the examples of those who have already done it and guide us as we try to do so as well. In your son's precious and loving name, we pray, amen. Welcome to James chapter 2. As we move uh, forward from last week, we're beginning to look at the scripture in the book of James, and we're starting to work together to lay out what it means to care for other people. We looked at the book of James last week, and we began to lay out what it means to differentiate our own hurts, our own pains, and begin to truly process what other people are trying to say to us. As we looked at the book of James, we began to understand what it truly means to not respond in anger by setting aside reactionary habits so that we can hear what other people are saying and not superimpose over another person's conversation our own wounds that we are dealing with, but actually hearing and participating in a conversation. This week we move into this conversation of of setting priorities and and what it means to, to not turn to someone that can provide to us and not turning to someone that can make us look better, but actually being the people who reach out for the ones who are thirsting to be seen. Reaching out and touching the hearts of those and interacting with those who are thirsting for an interaction. When we look at the scripture today in James chapter 2, I hope that we see what it means to set aside selfish desires, to set aside the things that that will help us get to places that we want to be, but to truly be individuals who are interacting with God in such a way that we 
can find a fruitful path of blessings for our lives, but not just for our benefit, but by enriching other people. Before we get into the meat and potatoes of this conversation, I'll throw in one of the classic Drew Davis pop cultural narratives very quickly as we step into this process. Because what I want us to see is whenever we step out to do good for someone else, we experience those blessings as well. In the 1990s, there was a television program called Friends. And friends uh, existed in in the lives of these 20, 30-something adults that lived in New York City. And they were all best friends throughout their lives. And somehow their lives kept them all together living in the same apartment complex over top of a coffee shop in New York City. And there's an episode in which one of those friends, her name's Phoebe. Phoebe tries to go out and do a good deed without feeling good about it. She wants to try to do a truly selfless act, so much to the extent that she wants it to be so incredibly selfless that she doesn't feel good about doing it when she's done. And as all 90s sitcoms or the history of sitcoms Prove, but you see a centralized character go on a path, but never truly meet the path that they want to hit. Uh, the comical uh, rearranging of events uh, shows reality. And the reality for Phoebe in this situation is she goes out to try to do something good and not feel good about it, but everything she does. That helps another person, adds fruits to her life. She never reaches her goal, but in some ways she actually finds out the true blessings of caring for other people and what the true blessings of caring for other people are. We're going to see that. I won't readdress that. But I want us to hold on to that reality as we look at James chapter 2 and talk about what it means to truly step out selflessly to care for someone else. We go out to do things not within our own benefit, as, as Phoebe tries so desperately hard to do in this episode of Friends. But we find out the more we provide to others, the more we grow and find out about ourselves. Let's look at the first four verses of James chapter 2. My brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ must not show favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes and a poor man in filthy old clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, you stand there or sit on the floor at my feet, you have not discriminated among yourselves and became judges with evil thoughts. 
Let's look at those first four verses. Unfortunately, as living, breathing human beings, we do things that produce benefits for ourselves. Unintentionally, intentionally, however it is, there is a, a, a semblance within human nature to provide. We go out and, and we try to do the things that will sustain ourselves. We try to go out and we do things that produces hope so that we can advance in any cause that we have, even within our realms of faith and faith conversations. Unfortunately, there comes times that we either set forth something that we see as a priority because it becomes beneficial for whatever path we're trying to find. And sometimes through setting that priority, we set aside those that we're not aware of or those who exist outside our realm of understanding. And when we set those dear friends aside, we begin to cause hurt and pains in another's life. We have seen that so many times in so many ways. It's not just a culture that we live in in our everyday life. We see people with power want more power. We see people in the quest of being heard and the people on the quest of being understood do whatever it takes to be heard, including moving to those with power and unfortunately being taken advantage of because they're on this quest of strength. You know, our founder of the United Methodist Church, John Wesley, was constantly on this balancing act of being a caregiver and setting aside the things of personal benefit and being an individual who went out and truly tried to care for the needs of those who were in need. You know, sometimes you know, he was a pastor in the in the Church of England, and as as a pastor in the Church of England, there were so many benefits that he could have within his responsibility if he followed the rules and had everybody come in to the cathedral and had everybody come and do things as it was set up. But John Wesley never really took the path of least resistance. He didn't follow the path or the rules so much of the Church of England that he was the one who followed this heart's phrase that the world was his parish, that he went out to the people, not trying to get people to come into the cathedral so that it would be a benefit to the church itself, but going out to the people and where the people were so that he could show them grace, hope, peace, and love where they are. If you look at the three simple rules that exist within the practice of John Wesley's faith life, you hear these phrases of a daily prayer practice of making sure that those who were, who were without were cared for and not misprioritizing those with power that really wasn't necessary instead of caring for those with needs. Do no harm. Do good. And stay in love with God. 
do no harm. Do good. Stay in love with God. Let's pray over those those ideas as we look at this opening scripture of not going after those with power and 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 making them feel well, but what it means to truly look out for those who need to be heard, who feel discriminated against, who feel judged at times for things outside of their power. If we are doing no harm, we are making sure that we are aware of those that are hurting are heard. If we're going out to do good, we are intentionally trying to find those who need a hand up and giving them a hand up. And if we stay in love with God, we are doing it for that right purpose. Just like Phoebe on Friends, we're not doing it so that we can become better people, but we can grab our brothers and sisters and pull them up and bring them along with us in a place of peace. Let's look at the next part of the scripture. Listen, my dear brothers and sisters, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised those who he who love him? But you have dishonored the poor. Is it not the rich who are exploiting you? Are they not the ones who are dragging you into court? Are they not the ones who are blaspheming the noble name of him of him to whom you belong? It's it remains in this conversation of setting priorities. If we look at the life of John Wesley, John Wesley was going out to constantly be in this place of setting priorities so that he could go out and care for the true needs of the world, not being someone who is deceived in the moment, but being someone very willing to evaluate what is actually happening so that he could find a way to do no harm, to do good, and to love God daily. And the way that John Wesley did that, as we look at this warning about things coming along in our lives to deceive us, to deceive us on our path, John Wesley's daily worship practice, as as laid out by Robert Otler in, in a writing that he did, a, docu- a historian on the life of John Wesley, John Wesley didn't call this study practice the quadrilateral is actually Otler that did it, but it's this practice that John Wesley did daily as he tried to do no harm, do good, and love God daily. A, a balanced out practice of doing things in such a way that the real needs could be seen. As I think about the quadrilateral of reason, experience, scripture, and tradition, we see this daily practice of trying to look at four very detailed areas of Scripture, experience, reason, and tradition, and really laying out what's going on, reasoning what was taking place before him. 
using the experience of the time, the experience of his history, his growing into his faith, using scripture to see where the scriptural faith history exists in all this and using the traditions of prayer in the church to balance out everything that was going on. And unfortunately, if we if we put too much weight on one of those things, we become imbalanced. And the, the glory of, of, of this worship practice for John Wesley, the laying out of reason, experience, scripture, and tradition is it's a balanced effort. You can reason things too much and be knocked off kilter. You can have too much experience in the past and not be willing to look at the changes that are coming in the future. Sometimes we forget to look at Scripture as this living, breathing reality that grows and transforms with the lives that we're living in. And sometimes we become so locked in traditions that we don't look for change. As John Wesley looks at the balancing act of using each equally, you begin to see this practice that you can see through reason, experience, scripture, and tradition, the pitfalls of living, and become the ones who don't fall for the 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 exploiting the the pitfalls of living and we continue to be caregivers by daily doing no harm doing good and continuing to love god let's look at the last three verses if you really keep the royal law found in scripture love your neighbor as yourself you are doing right but if you show favoritism you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. Let's hold this fact in in a living testament of what John Wesley did, and this is something I point out daily. Love your neighbor as yourself. You are doing right. Loving your neighbor. John Wesley was a loyalist to the king. He was a pastor in the Church of England. And there comes this moment that he can choose, just like this scripture in James chapter 2, he can choose to continue to follow the powerful, doing things to the points of order of the Church of England, doing things to the points of order to the kingdom rule, But John Wesley begins to see this need in the American colonies of individuals who do not want to take part in Holy Eucharist. They don't want to take part in the spiritual traditions of faith because it comes from the Church of England. And John Wesley reaches a point in his ministry, in his being, that's actually being addressed in the Scripture. John Wesley can either choose to be a faithful priest in the Church of England and doing everything that the Church of England says. He can continue to be a loyalist to the king, and he can ignore those ruffians in the American colonies, or he can open the door so that grace can can reach even these individuals that he disagrees with. 
It's a moment that he's truly pushed on doing no harm, doing good, and loving God daily. John Wesley is pushed in this moment of living up to the faith prayer that he tries to live up to every day, although he disagrees with them on their political stance, being a loyalist to the king. Although he would disagree with them because they didn't want to take Eucharist from the Church of England, John Wesley lived up to the challenge that's being presented in James chapter 2 by sending over Asbury and Coke, who, who become the first bishops of Methodism, to share Eucharist in a new way, under a banner that's not restrictive to those who feel persecuted by something else, and giving individuals a chance to have an interaction with grace in Jesus Christ, even though he disagreed with them. If you look at this this whole source, every time that we lean into the powerful, we're hurting someone else. The individuals that, that, that went to the American colonies were hurting under the rule of the king. And when that their only reaction, the connection to grace came under the rule and the guidance of the king, how can you find the connection to grace through that? John Wesley chose to do no harm, do good, and love God daily. He reasoned the experience of those in the American colonies. He remembered the experiences that he had going to the colonies, trying to create orphanage, and then finding the true grace of Jesus Christ. He found in Scripture that Jesus Christ turned away from the political rulers to be the image of love and salvation for others, and he was able to reconnect a connection to tradition so that these individuals can find a place of care and love through the practice of communion and the celebration of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. I want us to think about those things as we look at this scripture, as we feel the challenge to do no harm, to do good, and to love God daily, and we try not to slip into the places where we can obtain power, but we remember to look for the places where the individuals feel oppressed and they need to be set free through a movement of grace and love. And we need to become the individuals like Phoebe on Friends who are trying to go out and do that good deed even though it's not beneficial to us. And just like John Wesley, who was able to sit in a moment of disagreement, being a loyalist in disagreement with those in the American colonies, still finding a way of setting aside those differences so that he could share the reality of the grace of Jesus Christ. Let's find the things that we need to set aside. Let's listen to the voices of hurting. And let's selflessly go out and selflessly, selflessly go out and serve. My name is the Reverend Michael Drew Davis. Hold those things in your heart. Do no harm. Do good. And love God daily. 
May the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. God is love. Amen. As we've moved into our time of offering, we'd like to have the opportunity to get to know you. Please email us at ncumcinfo at gmail.com. And if you've been enjoying our services online, please email us. Please say hello. Again, that's ncumcinfo at gmail.com. And also, if you'd like to give to our church, please go to northcoastumc.org and click on the Give button. Again, that's northcoastumc.org and click on the Give button. Thank you for joining us. And we invite you to sing together with us, Everlasting God.
Thank you once again for joining us and worship today. Let's join together in our closing benediction. Go forth to love. Go forth to serve. Go forth to offer the grace of God. May the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. God is love. Amen.